Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode of Ute Dash. I am one of your hosts, Sammy Mora. I am the sports editor of the Daily Utah Chronicle here in Salt Lake. And today, as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Cole Bagley. Cole, how are you? I'm so good, Sammy, because it is officially game week. Are you kidding me? Game it is week. Game Let's week. go. Let's, Let's go. go. Utah football this week. I'm hyped. I don't know about you. I'm hyped. Could did you think that we would be at this point? No. No, I didn't year. think we'd be at this point. You know that meme of Paul Rudd where he's like, hey, who would have thought? That's that's me right now with it being game week. And I'm and so excited. I think the meme that would best illustrate how we feel, like how we both feel, is that like Spider-Man meme where they're like both pointing at each other. Yeah. The same thing. We both feel the way. We're both hyped. I'm ready to go. I'm so ready. But with that... Who do you think is going to be – we're going to lay out some preseason MVPs for you guys tonight on the show. As always, if you have questions, comments, concerns, you just want to say hi, drop it in the chat. We can see the chat, and then we'll, we'll hit you guys up. Um, but, Cole, who do you think is going to be the offensive MVP for the Utes this year? The quarterback. Uh, they have an absolute arsenal of wide receivers and tight ends, so the production should be extremely high. Um, I'd like to expect a minimum of 3,000 yards. I don't think that's too much to ask. That's about what Tyler Huntley put up last year with okay, yeah. relatively the same arsenal of, of guys. Um, and this year we've got Britton Covey back. So, and, and we have I have a healthy Brian Thompson too. Yeah, and, and I think Brant Keithy is going to take it to, to the next level. So, Oh, also Dalton Kincaid. Sorry, side note. True. So solid set of starters and then guys coming off the bench, filling in those reps here and there. Right. So whether or not, but whether or not it's rising or Bentley um, they're I think they're both better passers than Tyler Huntley, or at least have a higher ceiling than Tyler Huntley as far as passing goes. Now Tyler was a good passer. He went for over 3000 yards last season, which was really good. Um, and I also want to make the comment, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of talk about who it's going to be. There's a lot of people that think that it should be um, Bentley because the guy has a lot of experience, and it's solid experience. It's SEC experience. And a lot of people think that it should be Cam Rising because he spent more time in the program. Um, but I think regardless, we're going to be fine because if we get Rising, that means he outshined a former SEC quarterback. If we get Bentley the former SEC quarterback. So one of those guys is going to be the MVP for the offense. Yeah, I, I also have whoever is under center as my preseason MVP. You've already touched on the arsenal of weapons that they have. And I think in the past, Utah's defense has won games for them. And I think that this year, at least the first couple of games, until they can get their feet underneath them, I think it's going to be the offense wins the game for them. and who leads the offense, the quarterback. So whoever is under center come Saturday, I think is going to be my, my preseason MVP because a lot to work with. They have three killer tight ends. You have Brant Keithy, you have Cole Fotheringham, and you have Dalton Kincaid, who just got his waiver from the NCAA, which is huge. Um, you have so many wide receivers. You have Covey, you have Thompson, you have Enos, you have Nakua, you have uh, Parks. You have so many wide receivers to use at, to have at your disposal. And then 
adding on that, you have some stellar running backs. I think it's going to be Utah's quarterback because they're going to be able to control this offense, and they're going to be ev- – like, they – if the quarterback doesn't succeed, the rest of this Utah offense isn't going to succeed. Yeah, I mean, these weapons are only best used if they're catching the football and if the football is being placed um, in the, in their direction. So I agree with you, Sammy. It's going to be the quarterback. And what gives me a lot of hope is some comments that, that Coach Whittingham said in his, his um, press conference the other day. He said, you know, the guy that we've gone with made it very obvious. He was very much so... Um, outperforming the other two guys that were up for the job. And they, as a staff, it was pretty unanimous um, and obvious with who they were going to go with. And so I just think everybody that's talking and debating about who they think it's going to be, just relax. We're going to be fine. We're going to be in good hands. Either way, it's great. Because if, if, if you know, I've been on the Bentley train for You've been the a captain. long time. You've been the captain of the Bentley train. Absolutely. I have. And I'm proud to say that I have because I think he is a good quarterback. No, I like to look, yeah, I, I like to look at uh, how he played in the SEC for South Carolina was was really good. He was going, you know, over 2,500 yards for two of those seasons, a lot of touchdown passes. Um, and Coach Witt was very aggressive in getting him to come to university. As soon as he was in the transfer portal, he was in Salt Lake City meeting with Coach Witt and he signed that day. He didn't go anywhere else. He signed that day. And so that's that's why I'd like to think it's going to be Bentley. But as captain of the ship, of the train, guys, let's get behind Rising if it is him. Because if it is, the fact that Witt would say something about him, if that's who he's talking about, that he made it completely obvious. If he's making it completely obvious that he's that much better than a four, than a senior quarterback who played in the SEC, and and rising's only a sophomore. We're not only set for this year, but for the next two seasons. Yeah, and as always we say on this show, in wit we trust because we do trust the man. So whoever's working on that t-shirt for Cole, um <laughs> you can also make me one. I I wouldn't object to that. But we'll anywho, wear them on the show. We'll yeah, we will, on the show. we will wear them on the show. If you make us a in wit we trust shirt, we will wear them. Um anywho, let's flip it over to the defense. There's so many question marks. Cole, who's your defensive MVP? Devin Lloyd, a.k.a. the new mayor of Sac Lake City. As a sophomore... That's a hot take. That is a hot take. As a sophomore, he put up 48 solo tackles, 43 assisted tackles, 11 tackles for loss, which resulted in 55 yards, and 6.5 sacks, resulting in 41 yards. And this was with... This was playing right next to Bradley and I and Francis Bernard, and yet he was still making an impact on the defensive end. I think it's now his turn to step up as the leader of the defense and con- and continue the tradition of talented pass rushers at the U. I have two defensive MVPs for the preseason. I also have Devin Lloyd as one of mine because he's a beast. He's a monster. He is he's setting himself up to be one of the like one of the greatest linebackers, in my opinion, in Utah football history. He's so good. And he's not even reached his like apex yet. And he's only a junior. So he has a lot more room to grow. So I have him as one of my defensive MVPs, but my other defensive MVP I have, RJ Hubert. 
he is one of the only guys returning to this Utah secondary. And I think that he is going to be a leader in this young secondary and is going to make some big plays. He made some big plays last year before he got hurt. And I can see it happening again this year. Um, So I have RJ and Devin as like my co-defensive MVPs for this offseason or for the preseason. Yeah, let's hope that RJ can show us and do his best impersonations of Julian Blackman and Jalen Johnson. I think he will. I think he will. But overall, Cole, who is your MVP for Utah football for this year? So I've, I've kind of got to award this to two, kind of a co-award um, here. Mm-hmm. I think it's whoever the quarterback is and their favorite receiving target which I think has a high chance of being Keefe. Or if we see a return of 2018 Britton Covey, it could also be him. Now, I say, I'd say, personally speaking, the majority of the games I think are going to come down to the offense responding. I think we're split, three and three. I think three of these games, Utah's defense is, is going to do enough to, to keep it a two- to three-game um, spread. But I think against teams like USC and Arizona state, it's going to come down to the defense will keep us in the game enough, but the offense is going to have to respond. We're going to have to put up. I mean, we're obviously going to have to put up more points to the other team, but we're going to have to continually respond. I, I just, with how many of our rock star defenders that we lost to the draft and to graduation, you know, this defense, this Utah defense isn't going to be quite the same. I, I think they're good, but I don't think they're great. So I'm going to say it's going to be the quarterback and whoever his favorite receiver is, because I just, I think Utah's going to have to, it's it's not going to be, I don't see it being, you know, oh, the defense is keeping their offense off the field. So our offense is on the field. Ton. No, it's going to have to be, we got to respond every single drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I already said, this is not the Utah defense. It, Utah's defense has usually been the one that wins games, and I think this year it's going to be the offense winning games. But I have my overall, like my MVP of the season is going to be Devin Lloyd. Um, I think he really steps it up again this year, and he just balls out. I have th- – I'm going to lay out this. This is my prediction. I say Devin has a minimum – of eight sacks this season, minimum. I say he has two interceptions, and I say he has maybe one forced fumble or fumble recovery. I think that he is he is going to be the heart and soul of this Utah defense that we're seeing right now. Someone else could easily emerge as who's going to be the heart and soul of the team, but as of right now, it's Devin Lloyd, and I just think he's going to be the overall, he's going to be the shining star of this Utah football team. I like Devin. I think it's his time to step up. It's his, I think it's his defense. It is his defense. So going on to the next topic, speaking of defenses and big plays, who is going to be the biggest difference maker for Utah when they take on Arizona at Rice-Eccles Stadium on Saturday at 2 p.m.? Cole? I know that I talked about the quarterback and the wide receiver combo being the season MVP, but think this is one of the games that the defense has the opportunity to be the biggest difference maker. Um, this is not only a great warm-up for the defense, since I'd say this is one of the weaker Pac-12 teams, and especially potentially the worst Pac-12 South team, 
I think it's between them and Colorado. It is. Um, but the offense should have their way in this game, you know, and I think it will be up to defense to keep the wild uh, wildcat offense off the field. Uh, so Utah can pull away and make this an easy first game. I'd say that this, along with UCLA, I think these two games are where the defense are going to have their opportunity to make the biggest difference, especially against Arizona. Yeah, I agree. But I think the Utah defense is going to be the biggest difference maker in this game. I can see where it's going to be a lot of like the offense, Mm -hmm. but this is going to be really important for this Utah defense. I want to see how they're going to start the season off because honestly, I have a feeling that whatever, however they start the season, that's going to be the tone for a good chunk of it. I'm, I'm still a little nervous as to how the defense is going to react to things, especially hearing some of the things that Kyle has said at camp. Especially mm-hmm. about the secondary. I'm not worried about the linebackers anymore. I'm not I've never been worried about the defensive line. I'm still a little I'm I'm concerned about the secondary, but my concern level is not like like panic, like sound the alarm, like this is going to be right. end terribly for us. It's more of like a oh, okay, so they're we all know they're young and like they haven't had a lot of game experience, so we'll see how this goes. But We've already talked about it, and I've mentioned it before. Utah's so used to relying on their defense to win games, and they're not going to be able to do that, I think, this game. All right, they might be able to, given how Arizona plays, because Arizona is not the best. Like, they were placing – they had Khalil Tate was, is gone this year, and they're playing Grant Gunnell, which I'm not super – I haven't done my pregame research on him yet, but I still think he's not the level of Khalil Tate. Plus, they're replacing um, J.J. Taylor – who was their workhorse. But I think this game is going to set the tone for this Utah defense for a good chunk of the season. And that, yeah, that's yeah. the difference maker for me. Yeah, no, I, Sammy, I'm with you there. I think this, this provides a great opportunity for the defense because it's not like they're going in first game with, with how many freshmen are on defense too. It's not like they're stepping into um, a gauntlet. It's not like they're for they're facing USC and for the first, you know, and for a lot of these guys, that that's the first game. You know, thank goodness. I've yeah. said it once, and I've said it. I'll say it. However many times I need to say it, Utah got dealt a very good hand with starting this starting the season with Arizona and UCLA. Mm-hmm. That is a great like two games to start with, and then you go into your gauntlet. You go in and you have USC and Arizona State back to back they got blessed with having those two games first because it's going to allow this young defense to get their feet underneath of them. Yeah. I mean, when you lose this, a secondary of uh, Blackman and Johnson and Burgess, it's, it's hard to replace that right away. I mean, it's going to take time. It will take time. You know, it could take a, a couple seasons, one or two seasons, but with how this year is set up six or seven games, I still think Utah is, one of the favorites to potentially take the Pac-12. Um, this is it's a good opportunity. You know, Arizona was four and seven, two and six last year in uh, in the conference. The Utes toasted them thirty-five-seven, and they only scored late in the fourth quarter with a young the, secondary, with a young yeah secondary with our second string. Right, and so with that much improvement on Arizona's end, this should be like we talked about a good warm-up, an opportunity for the defense to get rolling and get some college experience. We've got, we've got some young guys. 
And I, I think also, it's going to be good for them. I also think this Utah football team is going to be is going to benefit so much from the NCAA eligibility clocks being frozen. They're mm-hmm. going to benefit from this so much because not only do you get these freshmen that can play this entire season, all six games, all seven games, and get that experience, and you don't have to risk putting a red shirt on them or mm-hmm. only letting them play four games before you rip off that, before that you have to put a red shirt on them. This is going to benefit this Utah team for years to come because all these freshmen, so Clark Phillips, he's going to be a freshman again next year. Same with Xavier Carlton. Same with Van. They're all going to be freshmen again next year, and they're going to have this game-time experience. When you have a regular 12-game season, it's going to – I just don't know how to explain how important this is for this Utah team, especially a defense that is focused so much on reloading after losing so many players to the NFL. And it's going to help – It not even – it's not just going to help the freshmen. It's going to help all of the team. Like – your offensive line is just going to get stronger. Your wide receivers are just going to get better. Your quarterbacks are just going to get better. This entire thing. Utah, I don't think there's any other Pac-12 school that kind of benefits at the way that Utah does with this experience, with the eligibility clocks being frozen for this year. But yeah, you, you pointed out a couple names there. I think Xavier Carlton being someone who can greatly, greatly benefit from this extra year of eligibility. You know, uh, in, in a press conference the other day, you know, he made a comment about, you know, what's the biggest difference from high school to college? And now he's only had the experience of training camp, but he said, you know, this is a six foot six guy, right? About he's 200. Huge. He's huge. I, I, I didn't realize how big he was till I saw a picture of him standing next to another player who I think is six feet tall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, he's a beast. And I think he's pushing 230 pounds or more. Oh, oh yeah. And like, I know what you're talking about because I, so he went to Juan Diego, which is where I graduated from. So I know the level of competition that he was playing up against. Mm -hmm. And when he said that he was lining up against five foot seven dudes, he's not exaggerating. Juan Diego's in 3A, which don't even get me started. Or yeah, Juan Diego's in 3A for football, but 4A for everything else. Don't even get me started on that because I could just go on a tangent for hours about how messed up that is. But he also, you guys got to remember, he transferred just for his senior year. He played, like, his freshman through junior year in California against some really good talent. Mm -hmm. So Xavier's one. I think Xavier's going to benefit from this. I think Van's going to benefit from this. I think Clark's going to benefit from it. I think Money's going to benefit. I think Ty Jordan's going to benefit. Those are the five that I think we will see the most benefit from. Yeah, and I think those are are the five we're going to see the most from as far as freshmen go. We'll see yeah. Richie too. Yeah, him as well. And so it this it's such a weird year because it's almost like this season is it is counts, but it doesn't training. count. Right. It's almost like an it's almost like your off season, but your training camp is against other teams, which is good. And and you know, like Xavier was talking about, now he's gotta add your opponents adding probably a foot plus seventy five to hundred pounds. So it's gonna be it's going to be good, and especially Sammy. This first game against Arizona, it just it it's a nice little warm up, you know. It's it's a it's a bunt, and hopefully they settle in. I think they will. I think it's going to take. Actually, well, this that's a good transition. We'll transition to the our final topic of the day. What are your thoughts for this Utah game? 
We're going to do some score predictions. We're going to do another fu- a, re- a really fun thing towards the end of the show. So, But we'll start with score predictions. Cole, what's yours? 35-14 Utah. I think it's going to take a drive or two for Utah to get going. It normally does. There's been times where they're opening game against Weber State or whatever podunk school. They're down a touchdown or two, but then they come back and roll the team. I could see Utah, that happening. Yeah, Utah's a team where you need to get – they need to, like, get their mojo going. Mm-hmm. And then, like, once they, like, put the fe- like the, the pedal or the foot on the gas, like, they don't let off. Right. So, I won't be surprised if Arizona takes an early lead, maybe goes up 7 nothing, 10 nothing, maybe something like that. Um, but then the offense starts rolling. The defense figures out the Arizona offense. And, and something I like to point out that I feel like was one of Coach Witt's greatest attributes is I feel like the man, I don't know if there's anybody better in the Pac-12 at making halftime adjustments. Oh, no, there's, he's, he's, he's perfect. I feel like he reads the game, he figures out the, the weaknesses and how to exploit the other team. And a lot of times I feel like Utah just comes out and is ferocious in the second half. Ludwig also does a really good job. So it, the defense would be more Scally doing Scally and Wit doing halftime adjustments, and the offense would be Ludwig and Wit doing the adjustments. But I agree, both both of those coordinators with Kyle make some of the best halftime adjustments. I would like to uh, use the example of the Utah BYU game two years ago, the one that was at Rice Eccles where Jason Shelley hurdled the BYU dude. Mm-hmm. Um, we were down at halftime. And everyone was like, oh, God, like, the streak is going to be broken. And we came back. Jason Shelley hurdled a couple dudes. Julian Blackman pick six. Yeah, typical. Typical Julian Blackman pick six. But I agree. They are really good at doing those, like, halftime adjustments. Mm -hmm. So I think think the first half will be close. You know, I wouldn't be surprised to see 21-7, 14-7. Something close like that. And then I think in the second half, the offense and defense will have figured stuff out. And I think the superior offense, which which is on it's just in favor of Utah. And then I think a slightly superior defense, a lot of it has to come down with experience, which Utah doesn't necessarily have a whole lot of, but the talent is definitely there. Yeah, I have it being twenty eight seventeen Utah. Um, I think I, I I completely agree with you. I think it's going to take a drive or two for this Utah offense to get going. But once they get into that groove, it's going to be hard to stop them, just because there's so many different directions this Utah offense can go. They can go with the rush game. They can go with the pass game. And then even in the pass game, you have the subset of the tight ends. So I think they're going to be hard to handle in that capacity. And I think the Utah defense does get their feet underneath them. I think it takes a little bit longer than it takes the Utah offense to get figured yeah. out. But once they do, they're going to be able to stop Arizona. I'm I'm not worried about Utah on the rush game and like in the on the ground game, not worried about them. I think that this Utah defensive line is stout enough and has the depth and has the game experience because a lot of people a lot of, I know one name I haven't heard people talk a lot about this year. Hmm. Max Tupai. I haven't heard his name come up a lot, which is kind of surprising because he's really good. Yeah. So Max and Max has played in the big games before. You have Mika, 
you have a, you have the uh you have one of the Pututaus. I can't remember his name. But you have one of the Pututaus and then on that other spot you have either Xavier or Van or someone else who's made the move up to that line spot. So I'm not worried about the Utah rush game, like stopping the rush from Arizona right. or the run. Because Utah has always been really good at that. They have big bodies that are able to get in there and jam those holes up. Yeah. I think the secondary I think the secondary is gonna have they're gonna the secondary will give up a couple of big plays. I think so too. They're I going think to be early. Up. Yeah, they're gonna be early and they're gonna be big plays. And I wouldn't be surprised if Arizona takes a couple of deep shots early on in the game, knowing how young this Utah secondary is. Because yeah. why not when when you know someone's weakness, why don't you exploit it on the first the first chance you can get? Oh, for sure. I expect Arizona to be throwing a couple bombs the first couple of drives, first couple of series, and see if they can get up to a two, you know, put up one or two touchdowns early while the Utah offense kind of maybe takes a minute to get going. I yeah, I think I I think I have seventeen because I think that you the Utah defense is going to have at least one really big stop mm-hmm. that forces a field goal because yeah. either it, I think it'll be late in the game. It'll be like a, like end of the third quarter, mid fourth quarter, they're going to have a big stop and it's going to just stop the momentum that Arizona has. And I don't think Arizona is going to be able to bounce back from that. Right. Well, this, this was no competition last season. Um, it hasn't but, been for a while. Right. It hasn't been. I mean, the Utes burned Arizona for 517 yards compared to 196. 28 first downs to 11, um, and that resulted in 40 minutes of possession for the Utes on offense. That's, I mean, that's insane. That when is the other a, offense that is isn't on the team. Half. That is yeah. one half. They controlled two thirds of the of the possession. That's some good math on the air. I would not have been able to figure that out. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's what I do. Go on here. Cole's here to do math on the air. Um, no, I'm not. That's not my strong suit. Don't that's worry. not mine either. That's not mine either. You you know I struggle with math, but anywho. Um, yeah. Utah, you, this has not been a competition in years past, and I don't think it's going to be a competition again. But I, I do think it may be more of a competition than it has been the last couple seasons. Utah's be- been able to blow them out the last few years, and I think it'll be a little closer. It'll be closer just because – the Utah defense is going to give up points that they wouldn't have given up in years past. Yeah. Whereas the Utah offense, I I have faith in them. I just think, again, it's going to take a couple of minutes for them to get, or a couple of drives for them to get acclimated to everything. Cause for it's sure. a lot, it's a lot different lining up against a scout team player than it is lining up against another division one player or like another like team, because mm-hmm. as good as your scout team is, they're not the real thing. Right. But that leads us to, Something I've been looking forward to. So I do this thing for the Chronicle when I write my football previews. It's called Mascot Matchup. So what it is is we take Swoop, our lovely mascot, and we pin them again. We pin him against the mascots for the opposing teams. So this week, um, we have the Wildcats. I Wilbur and Wilma, I'm pretty sure are their names. But so you gotta explain what Swoop is, Sammy. So Swoop is a red tail hawk for those of you who don't know. Um, he is very cool, and I like Swoop a lot. Swoop is good. He looks awesome in his oversized um, snapback hat that he occasionally wears. Or at gymnastics meets when he rocks a Leo. 
Those are those are great. Out. He, swoop goes out. Full send for Swoop. But here's the deal. Would Swoop be able to take down these two wildcats? Cole, what are your thoughts? Easy. Swoop, he swoops down. He <laughs> gouges their eyes out. They can't see the remaining attacks. Easy. It's a two versus one situation, which should make me think that Swoop might not win. But Swoop would be able to take him out no cap. He's got the sharp talons. He just goes in there. Maybe maybe the eye gouge, maybe he just starts, like, clawing at him. Maybe he picks him up by the mouth and then just drops him in, like, a river or something. I don't know. But there's you, Swoop would win this, hands down. Maybe he'd frisbee his hat at one of them to distract Ooh, the other. I that's that that's if, smart. If, if he's rocking the gymnastics fit, kick, kick flips, dude, flipping, going all around. They can't touch this guy. Flip and then land on them. Because we've all seen Swoop try and do the vault at gymnastics meets for like a free haircut. Um, <laughs> nine times out of ten, he doesn't land it very well. Or he doesn't land it at all. So maybe he could just use his sheer body weight and just smash them. I think he, I think it's easy. Those, it's, ta- those talons are no... And, and the air the air attacks? Are you kidding me? How, how, do, you get, how do you get him? You, you only have a shot at him when he's taking shots at you. Yeah, and then also, like, how do the wildcats attack him? Do they just? I'm not. I'm not familiar with a wildcat and like how like they like. What is a wildcat actually? Side note: Is it like a? Is it like a like a like a like a like a cougar or like a puma or like what is? I don't know what a wildcat is, uh, but I don't think they would have the advantage. Troy Bolton is that who we're playing? Okay, I'm not gonna sing on the air, but anywho, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> a swoop would take him down. No cap, hands down. Swoop's gonna just get him. Maybe, maybe the, the, the combo. Maybe for one of them, he goes in with the talons and gouges the eyes. And the other one, he just claws. Either way. Either way, Swoop wins Swoop his hands the, down. Swoop for the win. Swoop, and Utah for the win. Swoop and Utah for the win. So, sadly, that is all the time we have today for Ute Dash. I just want to remind you guys that we are writing columns now through Sports Pack 12. You can follow them on Twitter at SportsPack12 and check out their website, SportsPack12.com. Also, while you're on your computer, check out our website. It's DashSports.tv. Also, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch at DashSportsTV. You can also find our columns on the website, too. So, they're everywhere. But, anywho, that's all the time we have for today. I will be on on Friday talking this game again but with one of our buds from wildcat dash so be sure to check in on friday for that and as always cole what do we say go utes baby